Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today we have Shawnee Shoham on the show. Shawnee, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So Shawnee has an incredible background, very, very focused and, and a lot of experience, I would say, in the early stage sales and marketing area. Uh, he has an, a, a, a really a, quite an impressive background working with v, uh, VC-backed and being a VC himself, uh, supporting companies as they develop their operations. Currently, he is the Chief Executive Officer of 21. Uh, he is also the Chief Operating Officer of Weka, Weka. Uh, did, I, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, you did, Weka.io. Excellent. And uh, Shawnee's going to talk to us a little bit about those things, but really broadly, the, the area of early stage growth and how do you make it happen and, and all the tricks of the trade that uh, he applies. But before we get into that uh, stuff, Tell us a little bit about your background and your, your career so far. Sure. So, uh, so as you mentioned, I'm currently the CEO of 21, which is a company that does autonomous testing for mobile applications. I'm also an advising CEO for uh, WEC.io, which is a late-stage venture-backed, you know, high-performance computing company. Prior to that, I was the president and CEO of a light-speed venture-backed company. I joined the company as employee number six. Uh, you know, raised two rounds of funding and, and grew the company from the first five customers to over, you know, 100 customers, 1,600 leads every month and over 40 employees. Um, as you might might have guessed based on the accent, I'm originally from Israel. I'm an engineer by background. Um, kind of halfway through my undergrad, I made the transition to the business side. And, uh, and I spent most of my career with software companies, uh, kind of leveraging my technical skills and business experience. So, I said I can talk well enough to, or I can talk to a CTO at an expert level, but you don't want me writing any lines of code. <laughs> um, I moved to the U.S. from Israel about 12 years ago to go to the Stanford Graduate School of Business. Spent most of my career since, uh, you know, managing sales and marketing organizations. I consider kind of my my core skill is uh, the ability to lead sales and marketing organizations and and kind of have the same level of depth and knowledge around the two domains. And, uh, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that later today. Um, I've managed sales reps, SDRs, I've built you know, sales organizations and comp plans on the one hand, but then on the other end, I also build dimension plans, uh, uh, you know, contents, SEO strategy, drip yeah. campaigns. And so kind of a wide experience around yeah, both sides. And I, I think that, you know, when people have that type of a, a range of background, like, like you do, where uh, you can work and understand and probably translate some of the work that's being done by the development teams and see where there perhaps are weaknesses, maybe also even key strengths. And then you're able to apply that into the, the sales and the revenue and the growth strategy I mean, I think that's really where the magic happens. Tell us a little bit how that's working with the efforts that you're putting forward at 21. 
Yeah, so it, uh, you know, it's, uh, most of the organizations I, uh, you know, I see, I think the biggest challenge is, again, the disconnect between sales and marketing. Again, marketing talking about uh, leads and MQLs and stuff like content syndication. And, uh, and then, you know, sales really cares about pipeline and, uh, and opportunities and deals. And so you kind of see organizations on the one hand, uh, you know, from both sides of the equation, I, you know, I, I can, I can do marketing activities that, uh, and we're, we're doing that at 21, um, where, you know, we, we, we spend more time qualifying those leads before we hand them over to sales. So when we hand them over to sales, uh, especially the SDR team, they get much more context that they can personalize the messages, et cetera. And so, uh, so that's just one example of things that uh, that we're doing at uh, at Weka and at Twenty One. Um, at Weka, Weka is, uh, is is you know has an interesting challenge because uh, the qualification process really requires us to talk to leads in order to know whether they're actually a good fit. And so it's not that I can qualify them based on technographic or demographic like most companies. And so one of the things we came up with is. Uh, uh, we're doing about uh, a webinar every two or three weeks. And during those webinars, we'll actually ask the participants poll questions, which will help us through the qualification process. So for example, we'll do a webinar around GPUs and we'll ask them where they are in the, uh, whether they use GPUs or not, or where they are in the G journey to adopting GPUs. Again, a GPU is not something that I can, you know, get from LinkedIn or get from some kind of zoom in for Discover. So, um, but, you know, for the SDR and for the sales organization to know that someone has GPUs, uh, you know, makes the follow-up process much more personal and much more contextual, which means that the likelihood that they will convert is much higher. And so, uh, so that's just one example around how so, so, so you know, Shani, works together. Yeah, Shani, I mean, if you were to provide advice to, let's say, uh, like a early stage growth company that is, you know, they're, they're, they're dealing with that challenge that you're talking about. Sales is doing one thing, the marketing efforts are connected, but perhaps not optimized. Where should they start? Uh, so two suggestions that I would have is first of all, hire a CRO. I think that's, uh, that's kind of why the, the world of the CRO has emerged. I think today, uh, you know, kind of the life cycle from, uh, from lead to opportunities is much more tightly coupled than ever before. And, um, and, and I, you know, I think the role of the CRO is to kind of make sure that those two departments communicate with one another. The other thing that I like uh, I like to do is I actually uh, I like to have my marketing uh, team join sales meeting. I think that you know especially for for me, what I focus on kind of the sales aspect of it and understanding the you know the challenge of the customer and, and kind of how our product can address that need. Uh, you know they focus on listening to the language that the customer uses and the the way that he describes his challenges, and then they can use that in their content marketing. They can use that in, uh, um, you know, in the collateral. And so, uh, so I find that again, one way to bridge that gap is to actually have the marketing department join sales calls as much as possible. I, 
you know, typically on the, when I hire, whether it's a, whether it's a sales rep or a marketing person, I typically on the first week, I have them join, you know, a sales course so they can listen in. So it's an interesting one, you know, being uh, an entrepreneur myself and going through the, and, and, and also uh, uh, an individual that came from the advertising and marketing world before I decided to be a tech entrepreneur. You know, I, I, I have lived and I've seen that stress between the efforts yeah. of, of really kind of what maybe brand focused marketers talk about, which is the, the storytelling the brand value, the, you know, uh, uh, the, the education, uh, and then mm -hmm. the performance marketing efforts, the performance marketing efforts being really geared towards generating leads, shortening the time that a lead be, is, is a qualified lead to a close and really managing that funnel efficiently. How do you bring those areas together? Yeah. Great question. I think, uh, you know, historically marketing organizations were very focused on, on again, measuring themselves based on leads and maybe based on MQL. And, uh, and one of the things that I see is uh, uh, today's marketing organizations measure themselves more on kind of how much pipeline they've generated, how much of that pipeline actually went into, uh, you know, sales pipeline They measure themselves on, their, on uh, sales qualified meetings. And so again, they measure themselves on things that are further down the funnel. I think part of that is, you know, marketing and sales became much more analytical practices. There was much more data available. And so you can really, you know, analyze and measure things that previously, uh, previously you couldn't measure. So uh, another example of, uh, you know, historically, again, marketing organizations would probably be more focused on bringing leads and, you know, doing content syndication, et cetera. When, uh, when the pandemic happened, uh, uh, you know, there were no physical trade shows. You couldn't really meet people in person. And so you had to figure out a way to get in front of them. Um, and, and so one of the things we started doing was virtual events. Uh, you know, gathering a small group of highly qualified leads that we really want to get in front uh, and do some virtual wine tasting or some virtual, you know, pasta making or whiskey tasting, those sort of things. And, and again, this would be considered a very an activity that uh, historically sales organizations would do. Uh, you know, a rep in his territory would gather a bunch of uh, uh, prospects and customers and bring them together. So again, I think that's part of the shift that, uh, that you're seeing marketing today uh, is juggling between top of funnel activity and mid and down the funnel activity. And again, the down the funnel is very, very tightly coupled with, uh, with what sales is doing. So it's a really great question. And I love those examples of virtual events, uh, I, I, I'm just upset that you didn't invite me to one of those pasta making sessions. That sounds amazing. But, you know, as we, as we now shift, shift again into a world, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx ourselves here. So I'll knock on wood, yeah. but uh, that we're stepping out of a little bit of this pandemic phase and we're moving into this new post pandemic phase. What are your thoughts? Are, do you think that you'll go back to, events or how, how are you going to continue to, to, will you continue to use these virtual experiences? 
Yeah, so first of all, I, you know, I think there's, you know, we're still, there's still a long way to go until we go back to, you know, having thousands of people at an AWS summit, you know, uh, cramp in, uh, in, a, in a small uh, hotel. Um, so one, I think that, you know, that's, that's, there's still a way to go too. I think the, the pandemic actually proved us that uh, we can do things differently and, and, and essentially uh, question some of the things that we're doing for us, uh, you know, making a transformation to digital experiences really proved itself. I have to say with, with about a third of the budget that we, we would historically spend, um, you know, we're seeing better ROI, we're seeing an increased number of leads, MQLs, our pipeline has, uh, has increased 10 times uh, what it was wow. prior to the pandemic. And, uh, and again, we're, we're spending less because we're, we're, we're being more efficient. Uh, you know, a virtual event, a virtual wine tasting costs about three, four, five thousand right. dollars $5,000. You know, going to a trade show you know, with flights and, and shipping equipment, etc., you're talking about uh, probably five times that amount. And so, uh, uh, so again, I think that uh, we, we're probably going to be a little more balanced in terms of uh, the digital experience versus the physical experience. Um, the, and again, there's still a bunch of things that uh, that you know we did uh, during the pandemic that will play a big role. So we invested heavily in SEO. We've seen traffic to the website increase three times and, and organic traffic increased over six times. Wow. Uh, you know, that's something that will, you know, will sustain and will keep doing. And again, it wasn't a huge, you know, cost center for us. Another thing that uh, we did during the pandemic that was very interesting, uh, and again, I'm going to pour out some ideas uh, potentially to my competitors, but that's fine. Um, we did a survey. So we, you know, we, we asked our a database of thousands of leads, a set of questions. Uh, we got a couple of hundreds of responses. And based on that, we developed a proprietary survey. And what that gave us, gave us is it gave us a lot of insight to what, you know, not kind of what's the marketing buzzword and what people say that they're doing, but what they're actually doing. Right. And so now we can leverage a lot of that insight with in discussions with prospects and with customers, and we can tell them, you know, if they're far behind or not and what they should really be doing. And um, plus, again, it also gives us that qualifying information that I, that I referenced to earlier. And so that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's incredible. That that's incredible growth that you're talking about. And I, I do see that as being uh, something that we see a lot with kind of strongly digital solution, digitally based solutions, tech-based solutions over the last year, they've had a, a lot of growth uh, and they've been uh, applying some of these tactics that you're, you're highlighting. Were there any things that emerged during the last year and during the pandemic, new channels that were, were particularly interesting to you? Um, I mean, we definitely started seeing, uh, we definitely started doing more, uh, more webinars. And, uh, and so when the pandemic happened, you know, kind of the easiest thing to do was, uh, was to do webinars because we could literally spin that in, in a matter of three weeks. Uh, a lot of the webinars we did were actually more in the format of fireside chat, very similar to the one that you and I are doing right now. Mm -hmm. uh, easy to produce, doesn't require a lot of preparation. 
and the nice thing is uh, is you can then repurpose the content in multiple ways and so you know you can clip that into uh, you know shorter sections you can transcribe that and write a blog post based on that so there's lots of ways that you can massage that uh, that content uh, and repurpose so that's something we we really started doing uh, quite often, and, and I think yeah. it worked very well. No, I think that's been a, a very powerful one, and and certainly I think that some companies seemed to get that, get get how to utilize that. Others seem to shift over and try some of these new channels. I just was curious if you had experimented with Clubhouse or any of those things. Yeah, we didn't actually. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it, I have to say it's something we we never really got around to experimenting. So uh, yeah, definitely no an interesting idea. It's it's something new, and and I and I think that what what you're highlighting is almost like the power actions, right? Like SEO uh, at scale, doing that correctly is very very powerful. Content marketing at scale, very powerful. And then, and now kind of, I think the, the addition of this kind of web content that you're talking about, very, very powerful and, and definitely cut through. And, and clearly if you're getting 10 times growth, uh, you're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, I sure hope so. Uh, I think the other thing is, you know, kind of the pandemic uh, really highlighted, uh, you know, it, it, it puts all of us in kind of this awkward position of, uh, you know, you, you're working from home, you're worried about the health of your family, etc. And so uh, it emerged the opportunity of being uh, more personal and, uh, and kind of, you know, show some empathy uh, to your prospects. So, so again, the virtual, you know, wine tasting, for example, or the, you know, the giveaways that we, we would send to prospects weren't really just about the sales aspect of it. It was also about, you uh, you know, just showing some empathy. And, and so I think, again, one thing that, that did emerge out of the, the last 12 months was, uh, was not just focused on sales. And, uh, and again, people have different things on their mind, you know, during a pandemic, they feel like the, the, they feel less secure. They, they worry more about their family. They, uh, you know, some days are better than others. And so, uh, you know, and, and, and just like you and I are probably on Zoom calls all day. And so there is an opportunity to show some empathy, to give someone a break, to, you know, send him a nice giveaway. The, yeah. You know, kind of the package that was waiting outside my doorstep uh, was, was really the, you know, it kind of became an exciting thing to open your door and see a package. And so... Uh, so again, I think that's something that we, you know, we, we started seeing during the pandemic. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a, a beautiful insight and certainly um, acting with empathy and really kind of balancing, finding that through uh, greater levels of that at times by using technology is also, also interesting, right? Um, yeah. But I think that allows us to, to perhaps move into another area, which is as as we've all been going through this, we've been wrestling with our own personal challenges. It's been a, tr a challenging moment. How have you been staying sane and, and, and finding meaning and joy through this whole, whole period? So, you know, I, I find myself fortunate. Uh, again, I'm based in the Bay Area. There's lots of outdoor areas. Uh, you know, we have a huge backyard. And so kind of the way that I thought about uh, 
you know, this period is, you know, it could have been worse. They could have been cramped in, uh, you know, a small apartment, uh, you know, or being based in, a, in, in some area that doesn't have enough outdoor, you know, place for us to go through. And so, uh, so again, I just kept thinking about the positive side of things um, and, and, you know, thought about this experience as a time to reconnect with the family, you know, spend some more time with my kids, you know, definitely the volume of work has, you know, surprisingly increased and, uh, and I find myself more and more hours on, on, on Zoom and kind of the, the line between work and family has blurred a little bit, but then at the same time, you know, my kids were home and so, you know, every now and then I would take an hour break and I would go uh, have lunch with them. Again, things that when I was in the office, I probably didn't have a chance to do and, you know, they would be in school. So, so again, I try to focus on the positive side of things. No, I can see that. I mean, look, I, I think many people would probably want to be in Israel right now. I've been told that they everyone yeah. already has the vaccine there. It seems like a, a, a great place to be right now. But uh, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. but, don't, but, but, you know, we, we, we need you here to help companies with these, with these challenges. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on going forward for the future. I mean, 21 has big plans. Weka has big plans. Uh, other businesses that uh, clearly you, you touch in the early stage, uh, uh, early stage venture stage are developing. How do you see things going in the back half of the year for these companies in terms of growth and and tactics and ideas that they may be employing. Yeah, so so first of all, you know, comment about 21, I think the pandemic uh, really highlighted the, you know, the era of digital and online that we're in. And so uh, um, again, you see, who would have thought 18 months ago that uh, teaching would be done through Zoom? And, uh, and when you think about uh, restaurants, they became much more dependent on on tools like uh, or services like DoorDash, and the commerce has shifted to online more than ever. I mean, you can you literally for months you can go into a store, and so the only way these stores would make money is uh, you know is through the, the online and digital experience. And so uh, so many of the companies that I work with today at 21, they've they've shifted their business model overnight which means that they quickly needed to release uh, new digital pro uh, products, adapt their mobile experience and, uh, and develop new apps also to support the remote uh, work style that, uh, you know, that, that they're in. And so uh, uh, think about the productivity loss of, uh, of, of an app that didn't work properly or the revenues loss when, uh, if DoorDash app was, uh, was crashing. And so, Again, I feel lucky enough that we're essentially supporting uh, the need to accelerate the development cycle, but also reassuring the, the customer experience. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great place to be and uh, yeah. a great I mean, product I, to offer. I love the space that you play in, Shawnee. And I mean, I, I think about you know, the journey that I've been on personally where you start to sell a product and then you try to figure out ways to scale it and you, you, you try to capture those learnings and apply it and certain things work and then they stop working and then you have to find other things that it's been, it's, it's, it's such a, a complex area that is only going to grow in complexity. I, I don't know how the whole Google cookie list thing 
impacts your world. Uh, but I know that for a lot of marketers, that's a big, big challenge. And it looks like we're, we're facing another big step forward now in, in rethinking. Yeah, correct. And then, and then the other thing that I would say is, uh, you know, kind of more broadly, I think that the, the last 12 months or so forced us to be much more focused, uh, more focused on, you know, what we do, who we target, et cetera. And I think that's actually a good thing. And so I hope that, uh, you know, moving forward, even if the pandemic is over, you know, we're, we're, we're still going to stay focused on the channels for which we market, the activities that we do, which which activities actually bring our wine, which don't, and keep measuring those, and um, and also you know focus on the wide set of uh, uh, segments. I think that's uh, again that that forced many companies in the last twelve months to you know kind of shift their thinking, and uh, and and I hope that you know they stay they leverage that to stay focused moving forward. Yeah, no, I, I like that sentiment. Really, uh, I'd say what you're advocating is using that data more intelligently to be more effective and, and more efficient with your marketing. And I think it's a positive message and it's critical now for all digital marketers, all omni-channel com commerce players that are, are playing with these new states, new sets of data and really trying to develop probably their only their own first party data that they can utilize as, as well. Shani, thank yeah. you so much for joining us today on the Uncaged Show. Um, we've been talking to Shani Shoham. He is the Chief Executive Officer of 21. He's also the Chief Operating Officer of Weka. Um, Shani has been providing us the secrets of early stage growth and sales. And it's been extremely illuminating and valuable and uh, certainly something that every early stage company needs to learn, get, get better at, and then ultimately scale. So thank you so much, Shani. If people would like to reach you, where should they find you? Oh, very easy. Shani at uh, 21labs.io, uh, Twitter, uh, show a mess and, uh, and my LinkedIn. Great. That's, that's excellent. Shani, thank you again so much for being on the show. Uh, Shani's been talking to us today, as, as I mentioned, about early stage growth, sales, and marketing. Uh, he's been a great guest to have on Uncaged, which is a program that provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the commerce of tomorrow. As we've made that shift to the digital world in an aggressive, accelerated way over the last 12 months, uh, we need to learn how to apply all these great things that Shani's been talking to us. So thanks again, Shani. Thank you very much, Ben. Thanks for having me. Cheers.